Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for April 28th, 2019. Well, this is Koyo Kobose here, so very, very glad you joined us. Yeah, I'm sure spring has sprung in many parts of the country, and uh, I've, uh, uh, here in Central California, of course, uh, been having pretty our winters are very short, so my I've got my vegetable garden all planted in in there, and uh, that's uh, I get good exercise. My dogs go out with me, and say, I say, "Hey, you want to go to the garden?" Of course, they get all excited, and then they keep me company. And uh, because we had a nice uh, wet winter, whoa. And the downside is a lot of weeds all over. And, yeah, so I have a lot of job security in terms of taking care of the garden. What I want to talk about this morning is I got the Sunday paper, and uh, in the job market section, I I, I usually don't look at, have any interest in the, job market job market uh news but uh, the there was a title of the lead article uh can't escape office clutter get a condo attitude and i knew that this condo was the last name of a lady that uh <clears throat> has had a big impact on uh tidying up one's home and uh now this article is uh, geared toward how to uh, tidy up your office, your office desk, and things like that. Specifically, applying her techniques to a specific type of clutter. So, for example, and I know I talked about spring cleaning a couple of weeks ago, and so maybe this is an offshoot of that. And uh, <clears throat> Uh, some examples were given in the article about how, what is the, what is the, uh, how does the office clutter 
be described? And what are some of the things that, how that happens? Um, and uh, maybe, you know, you keep a lot of, uh, uh, well, one job was like, uh, you know, uh, keeping uh, proposals and project things. And, uh, you know, even though they're online uh, and everything, you keep the hard copies and maybe you, you had, maybe you had written something on the margins or, or, you know, you have memories of a certain experience you shared with your office helpers and, and, uh, and that represents, you know, your, your work life. Okay. These, these things. And so one person who was, uh, uh, an organization expert, okay. Uh, in Toronto and he, he uh, uh, said that he was do- on the job of helping um, organize office offices, and uh, and he was describing his experience and uh, and how he ran into problems when uh, uh, they didn't want to. Uh, throw away for him to throw away certain uh, material now uh, so he so so they had a discussion about it and it says here uh, a lot of the stuff is uh, you know they said oh I need that I need that because we use that material when we when we do new projects but uh, he said, "Well, gee, but some of this old material is, is is dated. Some of the specifications or prices or all this, uh, no, not relative, uh, relative anymore." So uh, then the, the organizer realized he he thought about this situation. He said, "Well, you know, these workers that he's talking to, they were the original employees in this." In, in the business, and so they sort of had an emotional ownership in the business, and they and they didn't want to give up that part of their past, the proposals, the funny notes that were in the margins, the clients that got away, and so I, I so I made them a deal. I said, uh, okay, they had they had one day to scan all these proposals, and that meant the most to them. And that we throw out everything else, and then Captain says he could have predicted what came next. They scanned in two or three, and were like, uh, then they said, "Oh, Jay, this is dumb," and then they allowed everything, you know, the, the chuck everything out. He says, um, so that kind of a review, I guess. You know, uh, you think that you you're gonna be want to save things because they have a certain sentimental value, but then when you actually start doing it, and you say, "Hey, man, I, I don't really need this." You know, I have it in my memory or whatever, and so the physical clutter you could get rid of. Okay, and it says in the beginning of this article that um, let me see, uh, there was a Lot, there's been a lot of success of Marie Kondo's book, 
the life-changing magic of tidying up, the Japanese art of decluttering and organizing. And then she has a Netflix show, Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. And uh, and one of the major, I know that a lot of people have been talking about this. And in fact, Adrian, my wife, had a cop got, had a copy of the book and was using some of the techniques and you know organizing your clothes in certain ways and things and when it comes to old stuff one of uh Marie Kondo's uh, techniques is to ask does this bring me joy okay when you're cleaning cleaning out your house okay you look at something and you know the uh, you're going to get rid of it or not. You're going to, you know, donate it to Goodwill or you're going to throw this out. And one of the things you ask is, does this thing, does this thing really bring me joy? Okay. And so this article then went on to, uh, what about your desk at work? Okay. But then I tried to apply this. I thought of applying this. And of course, last time I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago that, I was reminded that one temple member once had a brainstorm and he, you know, took me out to lunch and he said, Hey, sensei, what about an idea of having a, um, a Dharma team of individuals that offers the free service of cleaning out people's garages and attics? Cause that's where all the stuff ends up. Okay. And you just need someone to, initiate start this process and uh and a lot of times they can't do it themselves you know the family members is oh yeah i want to clean up and all that and they they have good intentions but they never could get started but if there was a a service where it says hey dharma the this dharma service okay and you said okay and say yeah i i meant for that and you would have them and they would come over some weekend and then look at the situation and say, okay, let's tackle these items and hold it up and say, you know, chuck it, save it, or I don't know. Okay, That's probably the three stacks, three piles that things would be put in. And then, of course, they would be primed to say, well, does this bring you joy or not? Okay, And get a little uh, uh, orientation on this uh, condo process of decluttering okay and then you would go through the attic you go to the garage and and offer this service okay <laughs> as, a, as part of a, well well so my idea my association was gee since this kind of uh decluttering tidying up from the home can be spread to the office how about spreading it to our spiritual spring cleaning now i don't know what that would mean this is just food for thought is there any equivalence in in uh you know sometimes like uh in other religious traditions there's annual lent and i know that some people say well what are you giving up for lent okay and so they have an annual religious practice um could there be something similar in in Buddhism, that could be offered to people to help them. Okay, of course we have major religious holidays that are observed, and Buddha's 
Buddha's birth, Siddhartha Gautama's birth, is celebrated in the spring. So maybe there could be some kind of a spring-related ritual of decluttering one's spirituality, that things that you can refresh yourself, you can renew yourself, you could, you know, clean up a little bit. Maybe it gets too cluttered, and it and it stop, and it kind of uh, hinders uh, present day work and so forth. Okay, just like physical clutter has its negative effect, I think, on your attitude. If you come into a house and it, and it just because sometimes the hoarders, you know, and I think we're all subjected to this to some degree, where. Uh, our mental attitude will reflect our physical environment, right? If you come into your to your home office, okay, and by golly, after a few years, after a few decades, you know, you get a lot of stuff that, well, you know, I haven't looked at this in in decades, but this was all the preparation I did to write these write this article or write on this book or this project in the you know, with the with the sangha, and I did, and uh, well, <laughs> how about it? Throw it out. Huh? Now I don't know. I just just what is clutter anyway? Things you don't need. Uh, what if they do have sentimental value? What if you? Uh, what might an annual spiritual uh, ritual? consists of is it uh that maybe just like equivalent of something about lent except not giving up something but an annual ritual and i think you know if if it was spring says well, hey spring cleanup okay spiritual spring cleanup or something like this and maybe and what, what might that be could it be uh sorting through your all the clutter, well, physical things that are related to your spirituality during the past year, or what are you, what are, you know, just uh, introspect and write, write a so-called report to yourself about what happened during the, you know, the past year, and since spring is a time of new growth and renewal, that uh, this can help spur your your reflection of what happened during the past year and then you will get kind of get it get it the outline and straight in your mind about reflecting on your your spiritual goals and you know uh examine it examine you know reflect on what's been going on and uh, uh what might be this is this will spark off maybe some ideas about new ways to grow, new directions, new things, okay? As an, I think the value of an annual ritual. Now, I don't know, maybe there are some some, some equivalents to this in, in Buddhist spiritual practices or, or maybe we do this in certain kinds of ways, related ways, without realizing it, you know? But, so if you could ritualize it, it might help us, huh? um, and uh, you know it could be related to the big teaching in Buddhism of non-attachment, um, and 
how might tidying up your spirituality and spring cleaning, what, how might you operationalize that? What kind of action plan might you have that? And if it becomes part of a, a Sangha annual event associated with the Buddha's birth, hey, that's it. Anyway, I had those ideas. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to follow up on them or not. But, well, let's move on to our guest to give us a Dharma glimpse today, Wendy Shinyo. She lives in upstate New York, and she was part of our LM2 group. So let's hear from Wendy Shinyo. The title of my Dharma Glimpse today is Spring Is No Excuses. In the 66 years I've been on this planet, spring never fails to amaze me. It's a miracle. And it usually can't come fast enough for those of us living in upstate New York. Even if the winter is milder or with less snow than the winter before, it's still winter. Cold winds, ice, snow, fallen branches, just all white, gray, and dead brown. Then there's the melt and the mud, and it's still dirty white and dead brown. And even if it's spring by the calendar, it's not the part of spring that takes my breath away. It's spring only because of a slight tilt of the earth and the page on the calendar. And here, it's typically some yucky mixture of ice, wind, snow, grapple, and mud. One day, gray trees, but the next, a subtle wash of pastel green. If you're not mindful, you'll miss it entirely. If you're not watching, you won't notice that the daffodils have bloomed, the trees and bushes are budding, and the grass has greened a bit. The color and drama of seasonal change comes anew every year, a miracle. The change from the unrelenting cold and marble sameness of winter to that first brush of pale spring color, that's the delight. In the spring 2019 issue of Bright Dawn's quarterly newsletter, Oneness, the Yes, Your Everyday Spirituality section and practice for March, April, and May focused on spring with March's Germinating Gasho and April's Kiss the Sky Gasho and May's Blooming Gasho. I adopted everyday Gasho practice from the Bright Dawn 21-day program many years ago and do it every day. I wake up every morning and as soon as my feet touch the floor, I do Harmony Gasho, holding the intention to bring a spirit of cooperation with others, and trying to be as calm and patient as possible all day. And, you know, sometimes it works, and I remember the intention all day. Every night before getting into bed, I do gratitude gasho. Gratitude gasho is an awareness of interdependency, that I am supported by nature, by other people, by everything. It expresses the feeling of you know, counting your blessings or grace or how grateful I am for everything that happened that day. 
Now, this March and April, I added to my morning Harmony Gas Show the Germinating Gas Show and Kiss the Sky Gas Show. During March, before there was any physical evidence of spring happening around here, I did what it told me to do, the practice Reverend Coyo suggests, mindfully and very slowly raised my hands up a few inches, signifying the emergence of a new plant. This practice is also to help foster the germination of new bodhi, or wisdom seeds, in my spiritual journey. And in April, my gasho hands were instructed to stretch with both arms above my head in a quick dramatic movement, portraying my inner bodhi plants reaching toward the sky. And in April, sure enough, the daffodil shoots pushed their way out of patches of snow and through the dirt, following the lead of the crocuses. There's that miracle again. As I did the practice for a few days, I started to laugh to myself at how if we were germinating seeds or bulbs, we would be grumbling about it. We'd be grumbling that it's too cold, too icy, too windy, you know, to do spring yet. Can't we just sleep a little longer? I'm not really comfortable here exposing myself outside my cozy blanket of dirt and snow. Do I have to come out now? Really? The more I played and laughed about this in my mind, the funnier it got. Why can't we be like daffodils? Why can't we just accept the day as it finds us and accept our being as we are, no matter the temperature, the date on the calendar, or the precipitation type? Unlike spring, unlike the daffodil, Unlike Mother Nature, we've forgotten to just be us. We are always being with something added after. We are cranky, we are tired, we are hungry, we are stressed, we are too short, too old, too, 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 to be or to do. But we are like the daffodil. We are like spring. We are as we are manifesting now. In the spiritual retreat instructions on the spiritual resources section of the Bright Dawn Center of Oneness.org website, Reverend Coyle relates the story of the morning glory flower blooming in a concrete parking lot. The morning glory didn't care about where it was blooming or who did or did not see it. It was just doing what it does. There was an accompanying haiku poem like this. Morning glory, blooming with a shout, here I am. That shout, here I am, the essay reads, can be likened to Gautama Buddha's famous birth cry or any baby's birth cry. Such a cry is an absolute total expression of being or of life. It is pure and untainted by any feelings of embarrassment or comparisons. It is selfless and beyond any labels of superiority or inferiority, or I would add, complaints of uncomfortableness or the weather. So in praise of spring being spring, I'll leave you with a poem I wrote some years ago called Daffodil Ease. 
Through the crisp, soundless white of winter, swampy early spring, and the exhausted dust of late summer, the daffodils don't even exist. The spectacle of green, a hope of color, unreal. Yet there is holiness in those sleeping bulbs. They pierce the thin shell of that unreality, alive while frozen, unstained by mud, dozing in the hot sun, at ease, finding no fault with what changes, which is beautiful, what becomes ugly, one arises, the other dissolves. Which to hold, what to reject, like the daffodil, sit through it all. It's nothing but mind. This poem I wrote, Daffodil Ease, was inspired by Longchenpa Rabjampa, the 14th century Tibetan Nyingma master who wrote, Since things neither exist nor don't exist, are neither real nor unreal, are utterly beyond adopting and rejecting, one might as well burst out laughing. So I hope you all have a glorious spring day and burst out laughing at least once today. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's right. You know, I was on this whole topic I was thinking about uh, a memory that I had. Uh, I was driving my father someplace. And as we drove through the neighborhood, you know, there's every neighborhood. Fortunately, in the in the um, what, what do you call uh, the the, um, the uh, not the median? Well, sort of like the median, and you know, uh, trees that are planted along the sidewalk. Okay, and those trees are the municipal or city property okay and, and the, the homeowner stuff starts on the other side of the sidewalk okay but the sidewalk between the sidewalk and the street there's a little median like sometimes you know has some little bushes or trees or grass or something and but the the city is responsible for maintaining uh these trees pruning them and whatnot okay and so every neighborhood you drive in the city, you can see some trees. And so we were driving down, and the time of the year was, must have been very early spring, okay? Well, you might even say late winter, you know. Uh, see how those words, <laughs> I think, trigger off different associations, okay? Even though you're trying to talk about the same time of the year, okay, late winter or early spring and sometimes some years you might have a kind of like a a semi heat wave in very early spring you know it's just a day or two or <laughs> unusually warm weather and what do the trees do they start to uh, uh their buds start to swell up okay <laughs> you know they're getting ready to you know getting ready for real spring. And it was that time of the year and I was driving my father and he was looking out the window and he, and he noticed all the buds that were budding out on the 
neighborhood trees. And he said, and he, well, he's just sort of talking to himself, I guess, but he said, ah, nature is so honest. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I have all these times when just being around my dad and, you know, they don't try to teach you something, but you could learn a lot. Okay. Uh, yeah, nature's so honest. And I remember one time he talked about how in Easter, he thought it was, well, he didn't say it was bad or unfortunate really, but he just thought it was a little off that florists force through, through you know, meddling with nature so that the Easter lilies will be in bloom for their business. Okay. And uh, uh, rather than the natural things, uh, you know, uh, in the wild, I guess you'd call it. Huh? And seeing that, that beauty there or that honesty there, that is uh, uh, food for thought. And we could relate it to spring and perhaps relate it to what I was, uh, my preface remarks about getting some kind of uh, uh, individual, personal, spiritual ritual, as was mentioned in the, in the uh, Dharma glimpse about morning gashoy, concentrating on the theme of harmony for the day, and then evening gashoy, just before bed, where you think about what what you're grateful for things that happened during the day. Something similar to that, you know, but your own development of something, whether it's a daily ritual, okay, or a, or a weekly ritual, okay, or a monthly ritual, or <laughs> a yearly ritual, okay, maybe any of those kind of things having to do with your own internalized, personalized, well, we call it mudras and mantras. Okay. Some kind of not not just thinking about something is not good enough. Okay, you have to express it somehow. Okay, your mantra, your recitation, and your body is essential. You know your 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 body oriented systems. Okay, and a very one expression of this would be a mudra, a hand gesture. Okay, and of course, garso putting your palms palm together together in front of your heart is is a mudra, very ancient mudra. Okay. You could develop creatively your own kind of mudras. And I think we ought to systematize. And you know, we need all the help we can get in, <laughs> in nurturing our own spirituality. So have some sort of vehicle, some kind of a structured thing where you say, yeah, I'm going to, you know, and there's a lot of creativity, a lot of satisfying, you know, uh, exciting kind of things where you, your own personal mudras and mantras. And the big stumbling block to that is people would say, oh, is this, is this okay? Is this official? Is this sanctioned by my sangha, my denomination, my, my temple, my church, or whatever? Uh, that's unnecessary, you know? And that reminds me, and I just want I, I, I just end with this. Just, I'm gonna st- otherwise, I'll just keep going. Because I, it reminded me of like Fourth of July, where freedom, independence uh, is a theme, right? Freedom uh, of our country. Okay. 
establishment. But when I think of freedom, I think about uh, oppressed as there's three kinds of freedom of religion. Okay, there's freedom of religion. Okay, there's freedom from religion. The atheists would remind us of that. And the third creative one, and sort of a new one, is creative freedom within a religion. Huh? And you you should that that kind of freedom within a given religion should be encouraged because otherwise you just stifled with the dogma, with established rituals, nothing new, okay? Because they're stopped, members are stopped from, are hindered unknowingly, perhaps unknowingly, uh, innovation, but creativity, because they were, I know for sure, they were steadfast members huh, of a temple and said, oh, but they get an idea or they, you know, from another speaker or something else or from something they read. Oh, I want to start doing this. I liked it, but, oh, oh, is that, is that okay? There's no freedom within the religion. So somehow I want, I think it'd be good to somehow, uh, you know, structure the creation of personal, personal uh, mudras and mantras. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, hey, hey, keep going, and you have a beautiful day.